Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh tested positive for COVID-19. He is quarantined, so now he knows how it feels to be held somewhere against his will. <laughs> Cases of the Delta variant continue to go up in certain areas of the country. Unlike the initial version of the virus, this one has the capability of inflicting serious health problems on children. In fact, the Delta variant has ravaged so many kids that it's been given its own entry on the sex offenders registry. <laughs> Kids who contract COVID-19 have it easy. We didn't have the Delta variant when I was growing up. No, we had to smoke multiple packs of cigarettes if we wanted to end up with lifelong respiratory problems. Florida's coronavirus situation is so bad now that containers of Florida's natural orange juice are required to carry the label, now with 200% more (laughs) COVID-19. YouTube announced that it is taking down videos that contain false information about COVID or the vaccines. That means the only comedy podcast allowed to post clips on the site will be this one. 
Congresswoman Lauren Boebert took a photo with a goat at a fair and captioned it, I made a new friend. Makes sense. That goat has the behavior of her supporters. <laughs> and now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Gina Brown. Hello. Hi, hey, uh, Tom, how are you? Doing great, doing great. How is everyone doing this week? I enjoyed the uh, Bobert comments uh, because uh, she is the she was talking about a goat and as far as being the greatest of all time she is the opposite yeah, yeah. oh i don't know i mean if she can provide that many punchlines without <laughs> having to really work hard she may have a point credit words do you think, do you think there was a staff member there with her going don't stand next to the goat don't tweet about it because uh, this is going to become a meme or they're like, oh, good, this is going to become a meme and this is going to be done by the left so we can attack them attacking us. Gina, Abby, how about yourselves? Oh, all good. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a reporter call me from a newspaper um, to talk about how I feel about uh, voting rights and are they doing what I want them to do? So we'll see what happens with that. That'll come out this week. Or whenever he writes it. Are you going to be quoted as saying, well, my friend Kamala and I. <laughs> well, he was there. He was there at the at the event. He's like, yeah, I was there at the event. And I just, is it okay if I, you know, ask you some questions? And I was like, yes. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So good times. Abby, how about yourself? <laughs> well, well. Gina was out there changing the world with her, uh, you know, voter rights legislation. I was being super petty uh, with my property management company. Uh, we got an email this morning that uh, they towed someone from the only handicapped space that they have. And there's photographs of the, the car. And you can clearly see in the pictures that the, it's not a properly signed handicapped space. And I've been saying this for months. The sign disappeared and they just never replaced it. So I then replied to this email with, I, I went out and found the actual like ADA rules about signage and I highlighted them and I copied and pasted it into the email and I explained that there's not actually proper signage anyway. Um, and then when I came home, one of the property management vans was parked in the handicap space. Oh. So I took pictures of it from the same angles that they took pictures of the car that they towed and I sent it back. I reported it to them and said, oh no, somebody else is parked in the handicapped space again, the one that's not properly signed to begin with. So um, I was extra petty today. Yeah, but that's not I'll... because it's local and, and, and change happens at the very local level and that's what you're doing. Thank you, Gina, thank you. With negotiations ongoing over not only the infrastructure bills, but also over an agreement to raise the debt ceiling before we default on our loans, we really do have a potential to exceed everyone's expectations. We really can show we're number one at something. In the past, we've shown we're number one at industrialization, military capabilities, and foreign assistance. Now we can show we're number one at something else, self-harm. And joining us tonight to discuss these various topics, please join me in welcoming back attorney and former talk show host, Ward Morrow. Yay! Having Ooh. that come right after you start talking about self-harm has me a little concerned, but... <laughs> I'm just being I'm doing just fine, thank you. <laughs> well, Ward, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on here again. Thank you. So uh, a lot of stuff has been happening. On the day that we are taping this, 
Um, there was going to be a test vote going through and then it was delayed and now there's going to be another vote. Um, I think um, by the time this episode goes out, Mitch McConnell will have worked out a deal where all of our credit just gets bought up by the Republic of Sealand. But um, that's that's only my opinion. Um, Ward, what's your take on all these um, all these events? Well, it sounds like they're going to kick the can maybe down till around Christmas time or Hanukkah. So if you're looking for a gift, I guess um, you know the national debt might be something you can make a contribution towards. Um, but it, it really seems kind of surprising to me when you've got McConnell saying the Democrats are going to have to basically shove all this down our throats. We're not going to give a single vote. We're not going to do anything about it. And if anything goes wrong, we're just going to blame them. Ooh, I thought we have? were going to be bipartisan. I thought we we're going to work together. What's up with all that? And what you have here, Ward, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we're paying for what they spent last year. This isn't paying for... Uh, uh, new spending. This is paying for the stuff that Trump, uh, sorry, I said that, edit that out. What the former guy uh, uh, put through with the Democrats' cooperation in the spirit of bipartisanship, but it was all under a Republican Congress. Here, uh, and now he's making up a new rule saying that the Democrats, since the Democrats uh, run the House and the Senate and have a Democrat president need to uh, need to do this, even though we're paying for their spending. Right. And it wasn't just last year. It was like all oh, four years of, of crud. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got to pay the bills for the Secret Service staying at Mar-a-Lago for Trump. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. How many golf games was that? And we got and right, we have to but, pay the but. bills. We have to pay the bills for uh, cabinet uh, members in the former guy's White House uh, flying on private jets, not abiding by federal travel uh, rules per an article in today's Washington Post. But if if this conversation gets us to ending a filibuster, that's good, right? Maybe. This is the thing that does it, maybe? I don't know. That's a pretty you gotta big gotta be yeah. careful with the filibuster because that's a double-edged sword. I mean, I, I, you I know, know. I'd love to do it for, yeah, let's get this budget stuff through. Let's get the right. voting rights stuff through. <laughs> let's get the you know reconciliation stuff through. I mean, a whole lot of good stuff we can yeah. get through. But right. if in two years, we don't control you know one or both of the houses of Congress, and if in four years, we don't control the White House, any bar the door, it's going to be really ugly. Yeah. Do you and think then, McConnell is daring the Dems to do this so that if they can control in uh, a year and a half, two years, uh, then he can say, well, they did it. Uh-huh. Well, they've already Absolutely. done it, though. I mean, they've already blown through the filibuster or at least temporarily suspended it to go ahead and appoint. God, how, how many hundred judgeships did they fill during during Trump's right. term? I mean, they, yeah. they've gone ahead and done it. And. Is it just the case of do the Democrats, as much as I hate to say it, do they not have the spine enough to want to go ahead and do it themselves to get stuff that can actually help people like voting rights, infrastructure, and you know, not setting up a system where we're all paying super high mortgage rates and, right. and credit card bills and, uh, and so we're not, not getting Social Security and uh, child tax credit checks. But I think they, I don't think uh, Schumer uh, has a choice here. 
to you? I, I actually think Al Franken has the best plan of all, and, and it's not a joke. His view was, you know, the, the filibuster is supposed to be about actually debating things. So if you're going to debate about it, then 41 people need to show up. And 41 people don't show up in the Senate to say, we want to keep debating, then you move on forward. So you're right. still keeping the filibuster, but you really think 41 Republican senators are going to stick around all weekend long because they want to keep <laughs> talking about reconciliation and the debt limit? I, I really doubt it. So perhaps you, you would suggest that they do what they they do in uh, Texas. Uh, Leave the state? They, <laughs> uh, you, you have to be there. You have to be yeah. uh, standing up next to your podium. Yeah. In, in the room. Let's see Grassley do that. <laughs> the concept of allowing our country some leeway in order to pay its bills might seem like a common sense approach, but as we've all come to learn, common sense does not apply to those we elect to make decisions. In this clip, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, the not-so-inspiring orator sharing the name of the former president, attempts to clarify the legislative process with Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Senator Schumer, who's a Democrat, and Great. my and my friend controls the Senate floor. And he can raise the debt ceiling by just amending the budget resolution, can he? It's possible that that could be done. Yes, ma'am. So why doesn't he do it? Why don't y'all do it? Because this we is, don't, let me because this is, let me just finish. Why don't y'all just do it and we don't have this fight? Because why, this, why do you insist on, on on doing it the hard way? Because it's very important to recognize that raising the debt ceiling is about paying bills that Congress has incurred in the past. And it's a responsibility. So why don't you, Democrats I agree with that. Have, so why don't you just amend the budget resolution? Democrats have provided votes in the past when both houses of Congress were controlled by Republicans, when uh, the Republican Party was in the middle of reconciliation. Right. 2017 is a good example, and Democrats uh, pitched in to do their duty to raise to raise the debt but, ceiling. But I just, I just, I just, I know all that. And we, 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 and I appreciate your perspective, but let me ask you again. There's a real simple solution. Why don't y'all just amend the budget resolution? It just takes 50 votes by my Democratic friends and the vice president. Why don't you just do that? Problem solved. Done. Easy peasy. Finish. Let's go have a cocktail. Well, it, it will be up to the leadership of, of Congress to Are you going to recommend that you do that? We will confer with them on what is the best strategy to move forward. Yeah. Senator Kennedy, I rarely speak between witnesses, but I wonder if Secretary Yellen takes you up on the offer to go get a cocktail, if, um, if you would pay or you'd skip out on paying the bill and expect Secretary Yellen to pay. No, Mr. Chair, the lobbyists who bought my campaign and my seat pay for my cocktails for me. Well, that was I mean, a great uh, comment by Sherwood Brown, wasn't it? Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> that was beautiful. I could hear it again. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly for show what, what Senator Kennedy's doing. I mean, I mean, they know it can be easily solved, but 
a lot of this you know showmanship and sort of bloviating is just to go ahead and appeal to his base yeah well you know if he really wants to appeal to his base one of the things they need to be thinking of is they've had some weather problems there and they're looking for a lot of fema money and a lot of government aid because of the weather situations so if it were me i'd turn around and say to him well okay if you want us to handle the problem and you don't want us to spend too much how about we cut every single dollar that goes to your state to provide aid to people in your state or do you think you might want to come along with us on this one and maybe vote you know to spend the money on that That's put these cool. guys on the spot with that i mean you're right when you say the democrats really need to stand up and say almost like lbj used to do you know pull them in a room and go well look at you know, look, Senator, you can either be with me and have that military base in your state, or I guess there's some other states that would really like that military base, um, and you can have all those jobs leave. Somebody's got to make these people pay a price for what they're saying and doing, and I'm not sure how you get that across. Maybe the whole labor movement needs to take over the Biden administration. We know how to negotiate. Send us up to the Hill. We can take them on. I love that he was like, Y'all Democrats need to do it. Like, y'all you can get it done. Like, I'm not going to help you get it done. I'm just going to tell you how you could get it done without my help, but, but me watching you. Like, <laughs> he was almost, he was totally mansplaining, completely mansplaining to that judge. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the most condescending things I've ever heard. It was uh, so insulting. Oh my gosh, painful. Can I switch focus just a little bit? And I kind of want to talk about the person who was taking notes behind Kennedy, because did anybody else notice she looked like she was definitely dressed for a polygamy cult? (laughs) (laughs) During his time as a student at West Virginia University, Joe Manchin played football. Based upon his style as a legislator since Joe Biden's inauguration, it's clear that he played in the days before helmets. In this video, Manchin's constituents <laughs> confront him about his lack of support on various measures from voting rights to infrastructure. The meeting goes as well as one can when the public servant is on the deck of a boat looking down upon his constituents who are in kayaks. Let me talk if you can. Where are y'all from? Anybody from West Virginia? We have yes. West Virginia. We have a lot of West Virginians. God bless you all. But gang, we're working hard. We really are. We're going to continue to in good faith. I really. We want to get a good bill. It's a balanced bill. It's well done. And I know it won't be enough for some. It'll be too much for others. In West Virginia, you know, West Virginia is a little bit different than it used to be. There's a lot of poverty. What are you going to do for the poor in West Virginia? We're going to be working everything we can to create good opportunities. And we need to tax the rich. Well, I agree with that. I definitely agree. That's the one number thing we should be doing is fixing the tax code so everybody pays their fair share. We should be also negotiating for lower drug prices. We should be doing all these things. I agree with you 1,000%. We're on the same page, gang. We really are. I'm not sure that's the right message to say when you're standing on the deck of a yacht and you're yelling at a bunch of kayaks. We're all on the same page. Clearly, you're not. I mean, like, I agree with you, Captain. Take us away. <laughs> I agree. Tax the rich. Excuse me. Where did my porter go? <laughs> but did you like the the uh, one of his answers was well, we need to fix the tax code. That's not what we're talking about here. No. That's something that everybody wants, yeah. and he just says that, and it it doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Yeah. It's empty. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the changes to the tax structure, I think, are in that infrastructure bill. It's the, the one that pays for itself. So, like, it's already there pretty much everything that, you know, not just Democrats, but also a lot of independents and Republicans, you know, even in states like West Virginia want. And it's just, it, it's, it's odd that there are these holdouts who, it's, it, I'd almost like to know exactly what they're holding out for, unless it's just to uh, get their name in the papers for a run for, I don't know, an even higher office. Yeah, I, I don't think it's any higher office for him at this point. Um, but, you know, have you ever been to West Virginia? You know, spent any time there? Yeah. I, I, trying to get elected to office in West Virginia is going to be pretty tough for any Democrat. And I think he's just trying to position himself so that if somebody comes along later and says, Joe Manchin is just part of those radical socialists, you know, people would be like, Joe Manchin, a radical socialist? Really? The guy who held up everything? I mean, I think he's positioning himself to get reelected. Um, I, I think, you know, he's the kind of guy you can probably cut a deal with, you know, in the back room at the last minute and he'll he'll move. I AOC said this today on when we're taping this. She said by focusing on the number, you're not making them talk about which programs they want to cut out. Do they want to cut out uh, the, the health programs, for example? Do they want to cut out certain uh, infrastructure, roads, uh, programs? What do they want to cut out? They just say, well, 3.5, 2 million, 1.5. What exactly do you want to cut out, Joe, Kristen? What exactly should be taken out? You name it. The dollars that get, it just, it's just numbers. I'm always, when he was like, West Virginia has changed into what? Like, and, and the woman's like, yeah, we've got a lot of poverty. Tell me when they didn't. I, I'm not sure when, maybe it's me. When in the last X number of years, West Virginia has not been the place where you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go make it in West Virginia. That's not where you go. So when when did it all of a sudden go and make a really big change? It's to me, it's always been sort of what it is. They do have that casino out there, to be fair. OK, they've got a casino. <laughs> you know, the other problem with the math here, if you think about it, is have you noticed that they keep talking about all of this is over 10 years? So if you're talking about $3 trillion over 10 years, you're really only talking about $300 billion. Now, that's, you know, not chump change. But I mean, if you add up what you're actually spending next year, it's nowhere near the amounts they're talking about. This is how much this stuff costs over 10 years. Well, if you start adding up what everything costs over 10 years, all the numbers look extreme. I think if they break it down and say, here's what we're just going to spend next year, the numbers start to look a lot smaller. And then you start focusing on, well, what will it actually pay for and I think they'll find a lot more support. But they won't because everybody's so focused on either the 3.5 trillion number or the 2 trillion yeah. number that they might want to negotiate down to that when you get, I mean, uh, Ward, you've seen this for years. As soon as you get into the details of legislation or when you get the details of any policy discussion, people just go to sleep or their, their eyes turn glazed and, and they lose interest. So, but Big numbers and sex scandals, we all perk up. Yeah. You know, if you take it year by year and you impose the program, so all of a sudden you've got universal daycare, all of a sudden you've got these new benefits, and maybe you fund it for two or three years. You only talk about that much. And then at the third or fourth year, oh, okay, now are you going to take all those programs away from everybody? Now you've got a built-in constituency lobbying to keep this stuff going. I mean, there's a way in which you might be able to get a large number of these programs to continue over time, you just may have to scale back from a 10-year funding to 
maybe a five-year funding. So you've cut it in half, you've met their number, they're looking for an arbitrary number, but you've got your programs and you start building a constituency. It's like trying to take away social security now. It's just not going to happen. Not to be outdone, the Senate's other prominent Democrat from a red state, Kirsten Sinema, takes an interesting tactic when asked about her hesitancy to support key pieces of the Biden administration. As this audio recording of an exchange between her and NBC News's Peter Thorpe shows. What do you say to progressives, progressives that are frustrated that they don't know where you are? I'm in the Senate, right here. The progressives? There are progressives within the Senate that are frustrated that they don't know where you are either. Uh, I'm, I'm like clearly right here in the elevator. I wonder if we just got to look into her thought process. For example, we don't hear about how she is in negotiations and deal making. Uh, so maybe she just spends her time constructing how to talk about her surroundings. Where are you, Senator? Well, uh, I'm right here, trying to make my way through all these protesters calling me the C-word. Oh, my God. She said I'm at the elevator. She's She st- stood there uh, with the most absurd answer, uh, and she probably thought she was being clever. You know, maybe if she actually answered the questions better. I mean, I saw one clip of somebody following her into the bathroom to try to ask her questions. Um, And, you know, the problem seems to be with her, whether you follow her, whether you ask her any question, we're not getting from Manchin. You get the idea that, okay, this guy's posturing. This guy's saying, well, I want a smaller number, but I can go along with this. From her, I have no idea what she's trying to get out of this. If she wants any number at all, is there any number that will satisfy her? We don't know. Negotiations. This is not the first time we've been unable to overcome an impasse in our ability to improve infrastructure in this country. Take a listen to this clip from election night 2010, as Democrats were losing control of the House of Representatives, and as Chris Matthews and then Pennsylvania Governor Ed Rendell talk about how we are not living up to our expectations. When is the Democratic Party going to be a building party again instead of just a check-writing party? Well, a, a building party... You know party. the problem? The party used to build things. They built America. They built everything. They built everything in Washington, everything in the big cities, the subway systems, the train systems. They, they believed in public investment and building things, 30th Street Station. Sure. It wouldn't be there with this current mentality. The current mentality is write some checks and get out of the way. Cut some taxes. Absolutely. Don't do anything. Chris, who's the number one advocate for you are, this but I don't, it's not. It doesn't seem like we, we can't even catch up to the French. They've got the Teja Ve. They've got the Chano. We got nothing anymore. The Chinese are beating us. 300 miles an hour trains. And We're Chris, going absolutely right. along at 60 miles an hour on Amtrak. It's a joke because you're America right doesn't because build anymore. When we build something, we not only create the jobs on the building site, we revitalize right. American manufacturing. And we need to revitalize steel and concrete and asphalt and agri and all those things. We're building Monaghan Station in New York to connect to what? What's it going to connect to? <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> I'm sorry, because this, I just don't see the Democrats having the confidence no, no. to build the stuff again. Is, have a capital budget and say we got to build again. Later on in the clip, Governor Rendell goes on to say how the Democrats really don't have the guts to do any big leg- legislation. And I, I think it kind of holds true. I mean, you have a majority of the American people, including some independents and Republican voters who, I mean, they're in favor of raising the debt ceiling. They're in favor of the items in the infrastructure package. So if you're worried about losing seats, then why not just go for broke, you know, go all out, pass the bigger package anyway, because with the thin majority of Democrats have in both houses, they're, they're likely to lose control anyway, no matter what they do. So you might as well get something big done. Otherwise, your base will just be more motivated to stay home 
because they feel as though I think in, in 2018 and 2020, they campaigned for nothing. What, you, what did you do with all the effort? That's exactly right. Do something good right now. And maybe people are realizing it. If you don't, then at least you did something good. I mean, they ultimately did finish Moynihan Station because I've written, I wrote in it a few months ago. <laughs> I wrote to it, but it, it's only connected to the old part of Penn. So <laughs> that, that's what it's connected to. <laughs> if he really wants to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Ward. You got to name, you got to just name the stuff. You've got to personalize it for people. The numbers don't make any sense to anybody. You just have to say, okay, fine. You, this is what we're going to, this is what happens We'll take away this, 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 and this, and then you have nothing. And I do. I don't want to go on record saying that the Democrats have messaging challenges. They do to some degree, but Obama did, he was very, very clear about health care. He never wasn't clear. I mean, it's kind of the big thing for him, right? But he was always very, very clear. And I don't remember what the numbers were then, and who cares what it costs. He his whole message was. We need health care for everybody, and so I'm going to make that happen. And he did, and that was sort of plain and simple. Not so simple, but plain, <laughs> plain language. The thing is, though, the message got lost somewhere between the White House and Congress, where it was basically just one of the biggest corporate giveaways of all time. If, I mean, if this country was worried about socialized medicine, then what we have now is the farthest yeah. thing from it. Yeah, it's not this. No, it's, it, and it's not super cheap. But he, it was at least clear what he was working towards as opposed to some sort of just indescribable thing with no name attached to it. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I come back to, I think that President Obama got as much as humanly possible with the Senate the way it was, which was 59 votes. But let's not forget that the plan they ultimately passed with no Republican votes was the Bob Dole health plan. It was not single payer like Obama wanted. It was not an Obama plan. It was the Republican Party's plan, and then right. they wouldn't even vote for it. That's, I mean, true. That That's true. Very amazing true. Very thing true. of it all. I mean, thank God that there's something for people, you know, and, and all credit to Obama and all the Democrats that pushed it through. But it was just always amazing to me, the Republicans saying, you know, they, they shoved Bob Dole's health care plan down our throats. Well, yeah, it was your plan. Right, right. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. To sum up, China recently proposed a $200 billion project where a train could travel underwater and connect China and Russia to the United States and Canada. The project may never go through, not because of costs, but because Sarah Palin, observing the project from the balcony of her compound, heavily guarded by bears and wolves stuffed with animatronic equipment and holding AR-15s, will stop the passage of the project for fear that it will deliver communist literature and overthrow her media empire, which sounds massive, but only comprises of the voices in her head. <laughs> Should the animatronic wild animals fail to do their job, Palin will deploy her secret weapon, a recently deposed Senator Mitch McConnell, appearing in a Stetson hat, white t-shirt and Bermuda shorts, holding a glass of milk spiked with Kentucky bourbon, and the most recent version of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and yell, if Mitch's affect can even make him sound like he's angry, get off my lawn. Wanting to subliminally kill off the infrastructure of the country isn't uniquely American. As a significant portion of the country is deeply evangelical, our need to want to destroy ourselves from within has a biblical origin. How so? God created the earth and then flooded it, destroying most of the life he spent so long creating 
at such painstaking effort. It's the perfect metaphor in our brief soundbite social media ensconced existence. The flood was God's way of saying, felt creative, might delete later. IDK. <laughs> Happy face. And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Gina Brown, and Ward Morrow. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Gina Brown, and guest Ward Morrow. Theme music by Euron Vandenmuir. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.